like that? You like that? Welcome back, everybody. Christmas is over, which means playoff football is only two weeks away. You're listening to the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast with Eric Stenholm and Joey Moore. Um, we're happy to be back. A little bit of a hiatus. We're a couple days later than usual, but, uh, you know, had to celebrate for the holidays. We'll get into that in, in a bit. But, um, Joey, we got to start with, obviously, the biggest news of the week. The Niners flop on Monday Night Football on Christmas night. Obviously, it was tough for you, but in talking with you during the game and before the podcast, obviously you're upset, but you're still saying stay the course after that absolutely awful victory uh, or loss on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I guess time heals all wounds. Yeah, because ruined my Christmas. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, watching some of the game again and, and, and just kind of you could say box score watching. I guess just general feel is just even during the game. I felt so positive after the first half. Be like we we not only lost a turnover battle in the first half, three nothing, and like just horrible. Like the first pick was on par with some of Purdy's worst picks this year, and he's had a few where you're just like, huh? What what was that? Um. I'm not going to say he got like completely unlucky on the on the tipped ones. Like I mean, you have three tipped passes that go for picks like I mean, you're not maybe putting where the ball where it's supposed to go. I know like towards the end of the game the Niners were playing with backup offensive linemen everywhere and and stuff, but my biggest concern with him specifically is I thought he looked scared to throw the ball after the especially after like the fourth pick and it like the picks themselves, I don't think, were, were like the worst I've ever seen, although they were bad. But it was just like, does this shake his confidence? Because clearly, I mean, it was a complete meltdown on national television. But I'm. Do you think the stinger affected him during this game? The stinger from the previous game, and then he reaggravated it, or do you, do you think no. it was something that happened late in the game? No, it looked. I thought he got like a second one, a second stinger, like later in the game. But like, I was trying to find it. Because I saw it earlier, but he, I I think the Niners had like 260 yards of offense in mm-hmm. the first half, like the first couple drives, well especially the first one, it was like huh, boop boop to Kittle, it was Classic. like, and then just like did not see Kyle Hamilton like mm-hmm. at all, and uh, terrible pick. But after that, I thought um, it was like fine, like the moving up and down the ball, they were running the ball. I know they kind of gave up the run, which I didn't understand. I thought I didn't understand why we were throwing so much against the number one rated pass defense in the league, um, and then running the ball. I thought I thought we just kind of gave up on it. But Purdy, I, I'm fully confident he can bounce back because, uh, well, first off, this week Washington's terrible, um, <laughs> but big one after that against the Rams. I mean, that could be for the one seed for us and them to make the playoffs. So that's a big one. Um, but bigger concern for me, uh, like for him offensively is just the offensive line their play number one and their health number two it, mm-hmm. it's starting to starting to really affect us what's the update on williams because the injury during i think the he game, practiced today yeah it didn't look too bad but it was the other offensive lineman that i mean those looked like significant you were down to your third string what was it right tackle in that game so yeah that was that was really tough to watch i mean obviously everybody's going to talk about the four picks and purdy going from minus 200 in the MVP to like 15 to one just falling off the board um I think that's a little harsh obviously I would say two of the four were just horrendous throws and the other two were were tipped and not you know put in the perfect spot but you can't give him too much flack for it obviously he had a stinger in week 15 and then again in in this game so there's a lot to look at there I thought they ran the ball well I, I agree with you that I don't know under I don't understand why other than them trailing late in the game they didn't just stick with the run a little bit more because McCaffrey looked great as he always does. Um, defense, as you pointed out the week prior, when I wanted to bet on the Niners minus six, uh, you said defenses in the NFC against Lamar not a good idea, and I mean they did give up thirty three, so that that's another thing. To but I thought they played like not that terrible. I just think Purdy was throwing picks like on his own 10 and like 20 and like until Lamar had like a long run in the end of the second or the first half that got them uh, the field goal. Um, he only had like six yards of rushing. So mm-hmm. I was like doing a decent job there. And they had like a 30 yard run, which is going to happen. 
Um, you just can't have them throw for two fifty or something and then run for a buck fifty. Yeah. Like, um, I thought they did okay against the run to begin with, but I thought, I mean, just Purdy was just putting them in terrible situations, and then by the end of the game, um, we just wore down, wore down. So looking forward to next week, your 12-point favorites on the road at Washington. It opened 13.5, and and then obviously after the four-pick game, it moved a little bit towards Washington. But um, you're saying stay the course. I think most Niners fans agree. All you have to do is win your last two games, and you're the one seed. Uh, This is as good a spot as you can get is Washington after a very tough loss. So um, hopefully a soft landing there. No worries going into that game, but... I think uh, it it doesn't feel like a trap game just because of how bad Washington is. Maybe if Howell was healthy and the offensive line for Washington was healthy, it could be a trap game, but it's going to be Brissett. Uh, That team is decimated. They're definitely not playing hard for Ron Rivera, I tell you that. So um, looks like a good soft landing spot for the Niners next week before the big one in Week 18 uh, against the Rams, which may have a huge effect on the Vikings. The Vikings now no longer control their own destiny to make the playoffs. Um... Thanks to that devastating loss against the Lions, uh, the Rams won, unfortunately, and the Seahawks won. So uh, at this point, the Vikings need two wins and then a loss by either uh, of the other two teams ahead of them, the Rams or the Seahawks. So Vikings fans are rooting this week for the Rams to lose and Seahawks to lose, and then the same next week when the Rams play the Niners. Uh, so it's a tough spot, uh, terrible game on on uh, Saturday. Uh, I really wanted the Vikings to be better. I really wanted... Uh, Mullins to be better. Yes, he threw for 411 yards, but four turnovers, including one at the end that basically ended his chances of ever starting an NFL game again. He was benched for Jaron Hall, who's going to start this upcoming week against Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. Um, I know you saw that game. I know you had a lot of jokes about Mullins as he was your quarterback in your last shitty era. Uh, Bad memories, right, Watching, watching him throw the ball to the other team? I don't know. I, I he, he threw for 411 yards. I mean, he he can do something right. And the the problem is he threw four picks and he probably could have threw five or six. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I it's it's a tough loss. I mean, played a really good Detroit team down to the wire. Um Yeah, I mean, I was I was doing my little skull chance at home. I was rooting for for the Vikings. Um but, yeah, I mean, as the Niners found out, you can't turn the ball over. You can't throw four picks. Yeah. It's hard to win. Um, but, yeah, I, I – yeah. Jefferson came back with 141 yards, which was huge. Uh, it's the first time really since, like, week seven that he's been, you know, the best player on the field. And uh, when you watch him and Addison together, it looks like Addison will be okay for next week. You're like, God, I just wish Cousins could have stayed healthy because the ceiling was really high. And now – on top of everything else, uh, we have to deal with TJ Hawkinson towards MCL and ACL, which is devastating. So we'll see if he's ready for next year, given how late in the year that injury happened. Um, and then you had DJ Wanham, who's had an awesome season as our second pass rusher with uh, eight and a half sacks. He uh, blew out his quad, so he's out for the year. So uh, two-point favorites on Sunday Night Football against Green Bay, a must-win game for both teams. If you lose, you're eliminated. If you win, you got a shot in Week 18. So uh, looking at that one, obviously – you know, Green Bay has been on a bit of a slide. At one point, they had gotten up to, uh, I believe they were 6-5, and five, and then since then, they've really kind of fallen off the wagon. They did win barely last week against Carolina. Um, I think Jaron Hall is the right choice to start this game, frankly. Um, Nick Mullins, not <laughs> popular among Vikings fans. Um, nobody's really calling for Dobbs after his last two games. Hall was originally going to be the guy that was going to replace Cousins when we go all the way back to when he tore his Achilles against Green Bay in Week 8. And the team said, Jaron Hall is our guy. And then he got concussed, you know, five minutes into the game. And frankly, I thought he looked awesome on the one drive before he got hurt, and he looked very mobile. Um, So hopefully we see something good from him on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Going into that game, we'll already know what will have happened with the Seahawks and the Rams. So um, if one of those teams slipped up, either Seattle or the Rams... Going into that game, it'll be like, hey, we now control our own destiny. If we win this game and then win again next week, we are in. So hopefully we get to that point um, with at least a chance. That's all we can ask for in a season where we lost uh, two different quarterbacks to season-ending injuries and then played another three absolute bums uh, in there to try to get into the playoffs. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. Uh, This game has just gone final. Joe Flacco, I mean, what more can you say? Uh, I was watching the highlights of this game earlier. 
the dude is elite. Like, he's throwing just freaking missiles around the field. Yes, he had that one difficult uh, pick-six play where the ball got batted at the line. But other than that, I mean, this guy has just been an absolute beast. They just crushed that vaunted Jets defense today. Uh, Browns are looking good. That was a wild one. I think they're really good. Um, Joe Flacco, like, clearly was not sitting uh, on his couch eating Fritos um, (laughs) when he wasn't on a team. Uh, They look – I mean, they look like they're going to be a really tough out. Um, Still have a shot at the division, I guess, um, if Baltimore loses their last two games. But we'll see. Cleveland and Detroit both have 11 wins right now. What world are we living in? A, a Browns-Lions Super Bowl isn't the craziest thing that could happen this year. Like, how wild is that? Like, that's insane. As crazy as it is, I think it'd be crazier if Detroit made it. Yes, like, given the path in the NFC, for sure. I, like, I think Cleveland could beat anybody. I mean, I know... With, I mean, I... It's the same as the 2012 Ravens, right? It's Flacco throws the deep ball well, and the Well, they're making all the comparisons epic. to Philly <laughs> with Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're great on the offensive and defensive lines. Um, their back, their back end on defense is really good. Like, they got I mean, maybe the best you, defensive I don't know what the odds are the right now. I don't know what the odds are right now, but I mean, you, you, you could look at Kevin Stefanski as a serious coach of the year candidate. Yeah, um, he, that would be his second uh, time winning that. He won it in twenty twenty as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think yeah. I'm watching the post game now. They're they clinched. They're in. Which is crazy because they were like the loss. It reminds me like the Niners last year with Purdy that they're like, oh, they're on their third string quarterback. And I'm like, no, the best better way to look at it is the best quarterback they have is playing right now. I don't care what string yeah. he was on. Like <laughs> Joe Flacco is better than Deshaun Watson right now. And Joe Flacco is better than whoever they were back DTR and, and PJ Walker. Like, yeah, he's better than all of them. So this is their fourth guy off the couch. But like they up they upgraded. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb, the, Nick Chubb out is, is tough, and I think they've lost a couple like other offensive line. I think for at least for a while, if not the entire season, I forget which ones, but um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're good. They're eleven and five. They're going to be the five seed. We'll lay it out later uh, that they may actually have a path here, which is insane to say after they lost Watson for the year. Uh, let's get into next week's slate. Uh, we'll start with the Saturday game. Uh, this one's a big one. Detroit at Dallas. Dallas favored by five and a half. Dallas with that loss at Miami, coupled with the Eagles' win against the Giants. It's basically Dallas has thrown another NFC East title down the drain. Philly plays uh, Arizona and the Giants to finish the season. So, um, barring a shocking loss by the Eagles in one of their final two games, looks like Philly's going to be either that two seed or three seed. Uh, it's a big game for Detroit if they want to have home field advantage in the second round. Uh, this will be a good one. I, if I had to bet on this one, I probably lean Dallas just because of how good they are at home. They're obviously an average team on the road and a world beater at home. Uh, looking at this game, given you know Detroit's already clinched the division and Dallas is still fighting for the division, how do you handicap this one? I like Dallas. Um, they're they are a monster at home, and uh, uh, I think Detroit is good but they're not the same on the road also kind of like dallas um i think it'd be a very high scoring game but i I expect dallas to pull it out at home um because yeah they're still fighting for the division and uh we kind of watched it on christmas but like eagles last two games like they should win but are they like i mean took it down to the wire against the giants whatever string quarterback Tyrod is at this point, he was there and then benched and now he's back. And yeah, I mean, I thought Arizona could have been a sneaky upset pick like for the, against the Niners. Mm -hmm. Obviously I'd be rooting for Arizona this week, but I mean, if you're Dallas, I mean, you have to play like you're still in it. And And it's, they play before um, the Eagles play. So if they win this one, they wouldn't put pressure on Philly. I know that that's Philly's last home game. I think, um, but maybe Kyler Murray can run around a bit, and, and, and who knows. Uh, but Yeah, Dallas has got to go pedal to the metal there, especially uh, given that they play the day before. So they, they have to make a statement and tell Philly, hey, 
you you know you got to control your own destiny here because we ain't going away. Uh, but it is tough for Cowboys fans to see that field goal go through the uprights for Miami and basically take away any chance they had at winning the division without a giant Philly slip up. Um, the best game by far of the weekend is Miami at Baltimore. This game is to decide the one seed. Baltimore's favored by three. Uh, I definitely lean Baltimore in this one just because we just saw them against the Niners. Yes, there was a big turnover differential, but Baltimore against good teams, they play really well. I mean, they absolutely killed Detroit and Seattle. Uh, they fought hard to win against uh, the Rams and showed a lot of character. They beat the crap out of the Niners, albeit aided by turnovers. But I think the Baltimore team is a really good team. I think Miami's best win of the season came last week against Dallas, and they barely squeaked by. Um, and Dallas is not a great team on the road. So no really truly impressive wins for Miami to this point, and Baltimore has a bunch. Baltimore, by the way, they beat Cleveland 28-3 to earlier in the season, and that looks better and better uh, by the week. So um, it, when you look at this one, Yes, obviously it's the game of the weekend, but one note that I had here is if somehow Miami wins this game, Tua has to go into that conversation of being an elite quarterback. You're not the one seed in the AFC and throwing for 4,000 yards and 35 touchdowns, and you're not elite. So this is a big one for Tua. You know what's funny is if even if that happens, I still I don't know. I <laughs> I I don't know why. I part of me because I think the I think Miami gets rolled. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that is just because I just watched the Ravens um, throttle my Niners, but like the Ravens, Ravens are better than I thought. I mean, I thought I was I was low on them. I know coming into the season, just because I they kind of like the Niners, they never stay healthy. I just never thought Lamar would play this many games, um, but clearly, if he does, I mean, he's, I mean, at this point, he's going to win his second MVP. Um, yeah, I, I, the the Ravens are. Um, they don't have like there's no like T.J. Watt, there's no like Miles Garrett, but like they have pass rushers everywhere. They're sound everywhere. What I what I learned watching them against the Niners is they're very much like positionless on defense. Mm-hmm. And I know that that looked like that made it hard on the Niners because usually you could scheme stuff open and like there's some there's every team usually in this um, era of the NFL has like a slow middle linebacker or like you know, just guy who can't run on the out something like, but Baltimore's fast everywhere. Their corners tackle, they're physical, they hit hard. And, and that just, that seems to be Miami's kryptonite. I mean, every time they play a big game, um, you know, whether it's Buffalo or Kansas city, they just, they, they just make, plays. they look different. I, um, and then I now saw... I think Jalen Waddles out too. Mm-hmm. Um, Hill's not at 100%. The, the, the Niner game, I really thought Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton were like, they jumped off the field. Like, that is such a solid team. When you think of the Ravens, you think of Lamar and you think of ground and pound, but you don't really think of individual defensive players. And after watching that game, I was like, I knew Baltimore had a good unit, but they got dudes there. Like, Roquan Smith was awesome in that game, and so was Kyle Hamilton. So um, my opinion of Baltimore hasn't changed all year. I said they would win the division before the year. I still think they're by far the best team in in the AFC. We'll see how it goes. Um, I lean Baltimore there. Um, Let's look at a couple other games. Uh, I really want to bet Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Uh, They're at home against New Orleans in the winner-take-all NFC South game. I think we both like Tampa Bay here, right? Like, Baker's been really good recently. I don't have any trust in Derek That's winner-take-all? Really? Is it? I guess it is. Yeah, New Orleans is seven and eight. Tampa Bay's eight and seven. Uh, Tampa Bay won the first matchup in New Orleans. So if Tampa Bay wins, they clinch the division. If New Orleans wins, then they, I don't know why. I just think Tampa is like way better than New Orleans. So I didn't think it was that close. But yeah, I I think Tampa. I oh, oh I could be like a next week take, but I Dallas better continue to play well. That's all I gotta say because. Uh, the Baker's boys got are cooking. Um, Baker's stats are unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, he's. I don't know if he, I don't know what he's coming up. back from. Maybe just being ass, but he could, he <laughs> might win comeback player of the year. You know, I looked at the odds for that the other day. So at the beginning of the season, Demar Hamlin was minus five thousand. Basically, like Dude, all he has to I, do. I is really play hope one they snap. don't like. That was before the season. You can't. Though. You can't now, like. You can't like almost die and then like. Be active. Like, your resume for being comeback of the year just can't be you were active. Yeah. 
which that has dropped week after week after week. So right now he's minus two hundred and Flacco is plus one fifty. And then I I don't think oh, Baker shit. is I forgot about on the Flacco. List, but Flacco yeah, all of a sudden is like right at the top. So that's been really interesting to follow because Hamlin literally I believe came he's back. only played two like snaps on defense. It, oh really? It's that low? He's played a bunch of special team snaps, but I think he's played two or three snaps on defense. So that's and that was only because of injury. So that's been pretty wild. Yeah, um, Baker. That's a fun one to watch. T- Tampa Bay, we both like them, right? Tampa Bay minus yeah. two and a half at home against New Orleans. Carr's been, you know, just captain check down for the last few weeks. Um, I wanted to talk about New England at Buffalo, Buffalo minus 12. Buffalo all of a sudden has a real shot at the two seed, so they're going to win this game. They're pissed at New England after losing that one last time. I think they're going to roll over New England. And if Baltimore holds That's serve, yeah, you're right. all of a sudden. Buffalo's like going to go from a tire fire to the two seed. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I think they're going to roll in this game. And I think if they play at oh, Miami next week, yeah, they're going to. That is a crazy scenario. Yeah, I I think that's a likely scenario. <laughs> I mean, you really think about it. Like, I don't expect Miami to beat Baltimore, and I expect Buffalo to beat New England, although they didn't earlier this year. And if both of those happen, they will definitely. They flex will. Miami, I mean, Buffalo. Miami's going to go there with like, a, like here comes the doom like i mean <laughs> and that would be in buffalo right oh uh, no it's in miami the my, buffalo stomped miami in buffalo earlier i remember the they stomped it but i thought that was in miami for, yeah i don't care where it is played on the moon they're gonna buffalo's gonna kill them so that's next week and i think that would be sunday night flip that will be the sunday night game and that's a great one that would be really good obviously buffalo fans will be way more hyped because it impacts no miami. other team right right so it like it's it's a good standalone like it doesn't it five. doesn't like you know they try I know they try and like make it fair to where like if a team loses the team that plays later like could just rest guys mm-hmm. I know they try and schedule it that way so that doesn't happen mm-hmm. um, but if if that's the case then that game only because the winner would be the two seed essentially and the loser would be the five there's no other I don't think right. there's any other unless maybe Cleveland may, might be the five. Maybe it could move them from five to six or something. With there's no permutation where um, if Miami loses and Buffalo wins this week, it isn't that on Sunday Night Football yeah. next week. I was looking at that slate and there's like no way that I thought Niners Rams be. could have been a choice, but not if it's Buffalo Miami for the division. Yeah, that'll be a great one. Um, uh, Atlanta at Chicago. Chicago's favored by three at home. The Bears have been better at late. Uh, I, I can't believe that this game is Chicago minus three. Chicago is eliminated from playoff contention. Atlanta, I guess they're still technically alive. They would have to win out and get a ton of help. Uh, I'm surprised with Heineke in there that it's still minus three for Chicago. That leads me to believe that Vegas is saying, hey, Fields is actually kind of good. Uh, Eberflus is actually kind of good. Do you think... Their defense has actually been... Do, do you like think they good. both come back? Because that's what I've been hearing recently is that they're going to probably, you know trade down, take a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, and stick with what they have, which that would be shocking to me. But that's what I've been hearing recently. Mm. It's a a really good question because I I was thinking like, oh, you could – I was leaning like keep Eberflus and then get a quarterback. But like if you really do invest that much in a quarterback, I would prefer an offensive coach. Mm -hmm. Um like kind of restart that clock, especially the salary. Cause like, what are you going to do? Pay Justin Fields? Like how mm-hmm. much, like, I don't know how that works. So it restarts everything with coach head coach and quarterback. But like, I've seen just listening to people and just uh, like, Eberflus is like as a defensive guy has turned the D de- especially when they, after they got um, sweat, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they've like I think they're number one in the league against the run or something, and mm-hmm. I mean they're playing well, and and uh, yeah, Fields is improving. Like I'm not going to say he's just getting worse and worse. I think he's getting better, but I still don't think he's the answer. And and it's just like you you never can plan on drafting number one. Like it's just a loser's mentality. So like if you right. have the opportunity. Like you really have to take it if you believe in a guy. Now, if you don't, if you think all these guys are just like not the guy you want or overrated, whatever it is, then then don't. Like, but 
but they've they're been gonna, but the number one pick they're going to have the whoever they want. Right. So if they're going to in order for them to not take one, they'd have to 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 hate all of them. Right. Which I mean there's so many of them. I mean whether it's my other hot take is I don't think Caleb Williams is going to be the first quarterback. Just because of the off-field stuff. I don't and... think it's off-field. I just think like I don't like the consensus number one thing, like just, I don't know. It kind of scares me. Like, look at Trevor. Like, yeah. I think, I think teams are really going to go into like, are you actually like as good as people have been saying you are? Like, I know Lincoln Riley and his defenses everywhere he's been have been just complete joke, but I don't like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't like if he's somewhere in between, the last two Lincoln Riley quarterbacks, Baker and Kyler, is that worthy of a number one overall pick? Well, that's part of it. (laughs) People are going to be like no different than like people thinking CJ Stroud's going to be just ass. Like look at every Ohio state quarterback we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like, especially in recent memory, like people are going to go Lincoln Riley, like cool. Like Kyler's super talented, but obviously maybe not some of the studying habits. Um, Baker, I got to give him a lot of credit. He's played way better than I ever thought he would. But still, like, is would you want to have Baker number one? No, thank you. Like, <laughs> I'd want somebody like, you know, Peyton Manning potential or like, I mean, that's a bit extreme, but like, clearly yeah. has a chance to be consistently top ten at the very worst, mm-hmm. and preferably top five. And you just, like, you have think to think, you have Caleb to think, Williams like, do you think Caleb man. or any of these guys, especially you're yeah. picking one, do you think that they're as good as? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, like, if not, you're wasting your money because then you have to pay a guy like, you know, a guy like Tua, a guy like Dak, like, I mean, like 55, 60 million. And then you're just, you're (laughs) paying above average players, elite money. And it's just awful. Mm. Ruins your whole team. Um, It's such a tough decision for Chicago. I apparently what's been circulating is that the GM there. Um, really wants to go with another year of both of those guys. So as a Vikings fan, I'm actually kind of cool with that. Like you've <laughs> well, been handed. Doesn't this... that say you all you need to know? <laughs> yes. They if were the other teams in your division hope they come back, yeah, you should probably move on from both. So that's that's all I gotta say. Uh, so there's an elimination game between the Raiders and uh, Indy. Uh, whichever Look team loses that game, Antonio is... Pierce's is eliminated. Huge, huge win for the Raiders uh, at the Chiefs last week. Yeah, and it was just one of those statement games like Antonio Pierce wants that job. I don't think they're going to make the Rich Bisaccia mistake again. I think they're going to hire him as a full-time coach. That team really wants to play for him. Um, Big game here at Indy. I've picked Indy the last two weeks. I am not picking them again. They've absolutely bit me in the ass. They've actually been our only losing pick each of the last two weeks. We've been... uh, Eight one and one the last two weeks and uh, or eight uh, seven two and one and the two losses were both picking Indy so no more picking them. Um, I want to talk about Carolina at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's favored by six is a must win for them to keep their season alive to keep uh, the the pace there in the uh, AFC South. Carolina is awful. Uh, we've seen that the whole year. Jacksonville's only favored by six. This is a game Trevor's got to win. Eileen Jacksonville here. I'm interested in if you if you want to talk me off of that. I can't talk you off of it, but it's a humongous game for Trevor Lawrence. It's a like I and they're laying they're the groundwork for everything right now, saying he has a sprained AC joint. He's still recovering from concussion symptoms. It's like man, they're really making a lot of excuses for his poor play the last few weeks. I mean, they're just not very good right now, and. Um, Carolina's got nothing to lose. Um, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville has to win. I don't, I like, I don't have a good reason for them to win other than Carolina's awful. (laughs) And then Tennessee plays Houston. Houston's favored by three. CJ Stroud is back. The division is there to play for, for, uh, our guy D'Amico. And so that's pretty cool. Eileen Houston there big time. I can't believe they're only favored by three at home against Tennessee. Who's going to be starting Tannehill with Levis out for the season. So, um, crazy times in the South with those three games, uh, Vegas at Indy, 
Carolina at Jacksonville and Tennessee at Houston. That might decide the division right there. However those go, that will decide what we're looking at at Week 18. There could also be a Week 18 uh, winner takes all for the AFC South, but that ain't going to be the Sunday night game, i tell you that. Um, It was last year, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, Tennessee, Jacksonville. And do you remember no, who started for no, Tennessee? No, no, it wasn't Sunday. It was uh, that was Saturday. like the Saturday night ESPN. Um, you remember who started for Tennessee in that game? Yeah, it was Dobbs. It was Josh Dobbs. Unbelievable! What a what a whirlwind for that guy. And now he's riding the pine <laughs> as our third string quarterback. Very strange year. Um, this is the biggest one for the Vikings, other than their game is Rams minus five and a half at the Giants. Uh, all the other NFC wild card contenders, whether it's the Vikings, the Saints, the Falcons, the Packers, we all need the Rams to lose this one for there to be a direct path to the playoffs. I, obviously, I really want the Giants to win this game, but you've been saying for the last six weeks, really, the Rams are the team nobody wants to face in the playoffs. No. Nope. Uh, best thing I can say about the Rams is uh, they damn near beat Baltimore in Baltimore. Um, I think that's their only loss, like the last six or seven weeks or something. They're red hot. Um, in my they opinion, they look great on Thursday night against. In the my Saints. opinion, they're the second best team in the NFC. I think they're better than Philly. I think they're better than Dallas. Wow. Right now, I mean, everyone. I mean, you cannot just tell because me. of the quarterback play. I think the way, well, part of that is. I mean, man, I I was looking at it. Because people want to, people were just finding every reason, you know, before he threw four picks, mm-hmm. people are finding every reason to not vote for Purdy or like somebody else. And, and I got Lamar and, and stuff, but I was like, you know, let's really look at it. You look at Matthew Stafford's numbers. I think his last like month and a half, he's like 14 and one touchdown interceptions. Um, he's healthy. Um, Tyron Williams might also be the second best running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cooper Cup and and Puka Nakua, which I'm not going to call him Puka Doncic anymore because he's his own name now. Uh, he's he's that good. <laughs> he's going to have like and, 1,400 yards. And and Aaron Donald and a bunch of guys no one's ever heard of are playing really well. Yeah, I. I That's a dangerous I, ass. The, team the right Niners there. are going to have to. I I don't care if they've already clinched the one seed. I guess there's an outside chance they clinch the one seed this week if if Dallas beats Detroit, which I think happens. But they also need Philly to lose to Arizona, which I hope, but I don't think so. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to beat the Rams to get the one seed, but they might want to beat the Rams to, like, maybe potentially keep them out of the playoffs. Right, right. And all the NFC teams are looking at that Week 18 game. First of all, thank you, Baltimore, for beating the Niners because now the Niners will have to play hard in Week 18. Hopefully not. Which is great. Hopefully Arizona wins. (laughs) We just rest everybody. But, I mean, if you're playing balls to the wall there, that's going to be a really tough game in Santa Clara for, for the Rams. Until the Ravens that's... knocked our socks off, the, I think the closest game that we've had – no, no, because no, we, well, we lost the game. But I'd say the closest win we had was the Rams game. Right. Week two in L.A. Yeah. Which it was we, actually that, a 10-point that... game, but Sean McVay decided to kick a field goal with, like, a couple seconds left. Could have just went for it. Went for the cover. But you know what? <laughs> I thought about this. I want to give him credit. Someone asked him about it. Like, why was that? Because it was like an absolute just dick of a backdoor mm-hmm. cover. Mm-hmm. But he said, he said like with a straight face, he's like, if it comes down to point differential at the end of the season, getting in the playoffs, like I want the points. And I was like, you know what? Like shit. Like there's a lot of teams right there right now. That's like, like the fifth or sixth tiebreaker, you know, point and differential. He's like, so I get it. <laughs> I mean, he might also had money on the game. Who knows? Which no, he didn't. That's super illegal. But um, yeah, I, I think the Rams are that. I mean, they're clearly better than Philly right now. I mean, that's not even arguable. I mean, yeah. Dallas and Detroit, you want to argue, I guess? Sure. So Philly's favored by 11. At but think about this. Arizona. Detroit or Dallas go to Baltimore, they get rolled. Detroit did yeah. get rolled. Yeah. Dallas probably get rolled. Rams arguably could have won. Eagles definitely. Should have won. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Niners get they get rolled at home. Baltimore's really good, and it took until week 16 for everybody to go, hey, they actually are really good. And I think um, part of it, too, is I think Sean McVay loves to cut. Like, Sean McVay had options to do anything other than this stressful-ass job of coaching the NFL. Mm-hmm. He could have been married and, like, got paid, like, $20 million a year at least to do, like, TV. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to come back and coach this team, who before the season everyone thought was a borderline Caleb Williams destination. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And to me, they look like the second best team in the NFC. You know what? I don't think it's crazy. A Rams like Browns Super Bowl. <laughs> I saw Rams Browns at SoFi uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. Who who knew at the time that was a Super Bowl preview? Uh, pretty wild. Um, let's talk about the last few games in the NFC here. So Arizona at Philly. Philly favored by eleven. The Eagles were shaky as all hell on uh, Monday on Christmas Day. Uh, that game against. Uh, the Giants where it was like, oh, my God, when are they going to put them away? And they never did. They won by eight, but it was like Tyrod Taylor got the Giants down there to have one final throw from like the 25-yard line. Incredible how close that game was. Um, we look at Atlanta, or at uh, Arizona plus 11 here as a possible bet, uh, or, or is this one where we just kind of want to stay away and watch from afar? I mean, I kind of like Arizona. I'm plus 11. The, just the gulf in talent on the rosters is huge, but also Philly has just not been the same the last six weeks. So I, I think this opened at 13 I think, I think and a half. I think sneaky thing, uh, Jonathan Gannon coming back to coach against Philly. To stick it to Philly? I, I, I mean, like it's – I don't – I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I, 11 – I mean, it also I think depends. The, I, think the, what type I think the gap. Of, uh, tr- I think the gap is bigger with the Giants and the Giants. I mean, took them to the last you know hail mary where Philly decided to shove everyone out of bounds when the ball was in the air. Mm-hmm. It, it also depends what type of type of transportation Arizona took. Oh yeah, game, right. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh my God! If they take, a take bus, the bus. Yeah, maybe they'll win. Who knows? Um, Pittsburgh at Seattle. Seattle's only favored by three at home uh, against the Mason Rudolph-led Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, the Steelers were great last week uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, Rudolph was great. But I think the Seattle team really should put their foot down here. They're in the same position as the Rams. They just got to win their last two games and they're in. I really like Seattle minus three here. Are you worried at all about a Tomlin coach team ruining that for us? Yeah, I am. I think I think for Minnesota and Green Bay, um, I think their only hope is Seattle. I mean, like I said, I think the Rams. I mean, they number one. I think they're good, and number two, are really good. And number two, they're playing the Giants this week, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty. I mean, if they win this, are they're in right? Um, they own the tiebreaker over Seattle, but they don't over the Vikings uh, just because their conference record. I think they're a game and a half behind us. So. Oh, interesting. Um, maybe not then. Um, yeah, I mean, all they have to do is win that one and then win against San Francisco or get, you know, a Vikings loss somewhere in there or get some combination of, of Packers and Saints losses and all this other stuff. But the Rams have the inside track. All they got to do is win their games. And I think they're going to win at least the first one. But you're making the point that I, Seattle I mean, favored Pittsburgh, by three I mean, here. Mason Rudolph looked pretty decent Saturday. So and, did Pickens after yeah. getting roasted by his coach. Roasted by everybody um, for that pathetic effort blocking. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh, they showed, they. I mean, I thought they were going to lose to the Bengals at home against, uh, you know, Jake Browning. But, no, I mean, they took it to them. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess Pittsburgh's still technically in it, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, they're tied for that final spot there with, Indy yeah. and Houston and, you know, Cincinnati and all these teams. So pretty crazy situation that they're still alive. Uh, and Mike Tomlin's streak of winning seasons is still alive somehow. Um, Cincinnati at Kansas City. Kansas City's only favored by seven. Uh, sometimes I look at these, like, DraftKings look-ahead lines. Uh, like three weeks ago, this was Kansas City minus 13 and a half. It's all the way down to seven. Kansas City's been I'm awful. shocked it's that high. Yeah, isn't it strange that it's still even that high? I thought it would be lower than that. This is the Chiefs' lowest point in the Reed era, that loss last week against um, the Raiders where both Mahomes and Kelsey threw sideline tantrums. Uh, Reed just doesn't seem the same with without any star receivers anywhere and Kelsey not playing up to his full potential. This is wild, man. The Chiefs suck. <laughs> Relative to their standard and their roster, they suck. Yeah. Like... They can't move the ball against the frickin' Raiders. <laughs> like, I want to give the Raiders some credit, like a lot of credit, obviously. But, I mean, they're not the 85 Bears on defense. And, I mean, it was like pick six, fumble the exchange, 
between Mahomes and and running back, like Kelsey looks like he's fifty three years old, not thirty five, <laughs> and absolutely no one on the outside keeps anyone up at night, or or catches the ball. So, yeah, I mean, they're lucky their division is a dumpster fire, like or at least was. The Raiders aren't anymore. Um, now that they they cleaned house of the Patriot people, mm-hmm. but like Denver is in shambles right now with just what they got going on with organization and quarterback, and the Chargers are the Chargers. So <laughs> they got dealt a massive break because this season they could have had a losing record. They could have you know fallen to third or something in the division, but the division just took a shit as well. So it's like Denver was bad, Chargers were bad, the Raiders started out horribly. They have gotten away with it this year. I don't know if they get away with it in the future um, after Los Angeles. There's no way that I don't like. There's no way they win a playoff game. I don't care who they're playing. Yeah, I mean, and they're probably going to be either the three or the four, so they're going to play, you know, someone like Cleveland or uh, Miami or Buffalo, and that's going to be really tough for them with the way they're not moving the ball. Um, And then the last game of the weekend that we haven't discussed is Chargers Denver. Uh, all I'll say here is the Broncos are who we thought they were. Uh, this is a good transition into Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week. Uh, I got a few candidates for you here, but I think we all know where you're going. Um, we'll start with Trevor Lawrence, who is the first ever guy to have a chance to get three Jack and the Bum of the Weeks. Uh, I'm putting him on the list again. He was awful in that game. Uh, he, they only put up 12 points at Tampa Bay. Uh, they were favored by one and a half at Tampa Bay and lost 30 to 12. Uh, and he just got absolutely rolled in that game and had no hope. He was eventually pulled for Beathard in the fourth quarter. Um, Nick Mullins, yes, he threw for 400 yards, four back-breaking picks. Uh, he is in the annals of Viking fan history as like one of our most hated players. He basically just tanked the last two games uh, for us with his unbelievably loose uh, play with the ball. Uh, my dad sent me a really funny uh, AI-generated image of a, a kid getting a Mullins jersey for Christmas, and he's crying, and all the adults are laughing at him. I was like, fantastic. Vikings fans just cannot stand that guy. I appreciate his effort, but, man, that, that really killed our season, those last two losses against Cincy and, and Detroit. Um, so he's an, an, an option there. Reed and Mahomes, um, you got two Hall of Famers right there. we got to put them on the list. This is a low point for those two guys uh, in Kansas City. Um, I really think Reed, even throughout the whole Alex Smith era, was never looked at, you know, quite the way he's being looked at right now. His offense sucks. They couldn't put up any points against a terrible Raiders defense, so uh, tough for him. And then Mahomes, I mean, he's just not the same either. Yes, he's an incredible player, but this has been a disaster year for him, so he's on the list. And then sadly, for the first time ever, Brock Purdy is a nominee for Jack and the Bum of the Week with his own four-pick performance. Um, But you're going with uh, another two-time Jack and the Bum of the Week winner. Congratulations to you, our new Jack and the Bum of the Week. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I mean, I really could have gone Brock Purdy, um, but maybe it's a little homer in me. But I also try not to put somebody just one bad game. You get bummer. Unless you do something royally stupid. He just played bad. It wasn't like just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But, no, Jack in the Bum of the Week is Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. As, I think it just has an organization because when I heard that they asked Russell Wilson to waive his, what was it, I think $37 million injury guarantee, like Halloween, mm-hmm. that was two months ago. So shady. And, like, just as a – as a fan of sports, as a fan of, you know, the 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 way it, you know, runs. Essentially, you get paid because you do well, you produce. Like, it's a, you know, anyone can, can make any kind of money if you perform week and week and week, week after week. It's and, a meritocracy. Exactly. And to ask Russell Wilson to waive that when he's had a pretty – Decent, if not pretty good season. Twenty-four touchdowns, eight picks. I'm looking at it now. It's twenty. It's twenty-six. Twenty-six and eight. Twenty-six yeah. and eight. And I mean, his QBR is only. I think according. I'm looking here like fifty point six is twenty-first. Not the best, but what the hell does that stat even mean? And twenty-six and eight, and you're gonna like. I get it. They, the Raiders did it with Derek Carr last year, but Derek Carr like had no money I think left Mm -hmm. and 
shoot. I mean, Derek Carr might have. I mean, I don't think he wanted to leave, but I don't know. It, 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 I mean, I think that was bad too. I just hate it. I hate it. Like, like you sign him, you sign the contract, you, you, like, did did nothing did nothing really last year to like help him out. I thought like I mean I he doesn't need to be coddled. Like I mean this is professional sports, but he obviously Russell Wilson. I mean one of the most just shit on athletes I've ever seen ever like for just a consistently long period of time mm-hmm. and he's bounced back. Like, I, I don't know what's going on at the facility. Like maybe he still is just, you know, Mr. Like got to reach me through my manager, like all that shit like that. Okay. Russ, that's got to stop if that's still going on, but I just hate it. I hate it because it's going to probably start to become a trend now that, it's happened two straight years, clearly. Like, and both times Jared Stidham, oddly enough. You're right. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. What's he got on these people? He's got a good agent. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I hate it. Um, I get it. You know, as a, you know, as a fan. I mean, because if you are Denver and like you have maybe the same opinion as I, I do. Like, and he does get hurt. And you can't cut him. You probably are like, why the fuck did we not just sit him? Um, but I don't know. I hate it. I think it's a bum move, bummy ass move for uh, Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, absolute tire fire organization right now. It's basically been since Kubiak left uh, in 2015 after they won the Super Bowl. They haven't been able to find anything um obviously nathaniel hackett was awful vance joseph in his first go around was really bad osweiler was bad wilson's trade has ended up being an absolute disaster uh so the broncos and sean payton um jack and the bum of the week yet again that's the second for payton and this broncos franchise is really in the shitter right now and i don't see them getting out anytime soon i saw like uh uh somebody it was like a meme popped up on like one of the shows i was watching and it might have been McAfee's show, but it said, let's ride the bench. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, poor Russ. Oh, my he, God. he never gets a break. I mean, he, the first seven or eight years of his career was it, it, he just had the horseshoe up up the ass. Like everything good that could possibly happen to him always happened to him. But these last two years have been such a shit show. Uh, the, that Broncos organization is really uh, making the end of his career quite a nightmare. Um, let's head over to the You Like That Picks of the Week. We went 4-1 and one last week. We went 3-1-1 one, and one the week before. We are back uh, to winning ways on this pod. I'm really proud of that. And I think what's changed our fortunes is every week I get your input on seven games and we whittle it down to five rather than just trying to pick the five right off the bat. So I'm going to give you seven options here and I want you to take two away. Um, I like Tampa Bay minus two and a half. I think you do too. Atlanta plus three at Chicago. That's just the thought of Chicago probably shouldn't be favored by three against many teams, much less a team that's still technically alive in the playoff race. Um, Jacksonville minus six at home against Carolina. It's the worst team in football going against a desperate team, and they're on the road. I like Jacksonville there. Houston minus three at home against Tennessee. Again, I don't know why that line is only three with Stroud being back. Um, So that one seems a little fishy, but I want to take it. Seattle minus three at home against Pittsburgh. Again, another one where I don't understand why that's three. Obviously, the Seahawks are a better team than Pittsburgh. uh, And Smith is back, and Rudolph is starting for... um, for the Steelers, so that was an odd one. And then the last two that I added just as we were recording, Baltimore minus three, we both like Baltimore to win against Miami, and then Dallas minus five and a half, we both like them to win against Detroit. So of those seven, which two are jumping out to you as, hey, let's take that one off, and which ones are jumping out to you where you're like, oh, we got to have that one on there? I really, I don't know how I feel about, honestly, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Houston, and Seattle. Like, I, I don't know whether I like him or not i i love tampa baltimore and dallas okay like i um, think baltimore like minus i think they're gonna kill miami and, and dallas at home i just i do i think i don't think detroit is as good i i just i think they're on a different tier than uh than dallas is what do we think about so another couple options buffalo minus 12 at home against new england and then arizona plus 11 on the road against philly do you like any of those better than Atlanta, Jacksonville, Houston, Seattle. No, see that's the thing. Not really. 
Um, so we definitely don't trust Atlanta. I'm going to take Atlanta off of there, and I'm going to replace that with Baltimore. Um, I think that's just an, an obvious one with how well Baltimore's played to this point this season. Uh, so we'll put Baltimore in there. So then, obviously, we're going to take Dallas minus 5.5 because we both like that one. Do we take out Seattle, Houston, or Jacksonville? I Honestly, say probably. I was going to say Jacksonville. Me too. I, let's take out Jacksonville. We just can't trust Trevor in big games. Um, so like, we're going to switch Is he legitimately, up. number one, are they going to play well? And number two, is he going to finish the game? Yes. Is he healthy enough to play in the first place? Is he going to finish the game? Are the Jaguars just not a very good team, and we overrated them based on their performance in the playoff games last year? Um, so, okay, I like that. I like that we whittled off uh, a couple of teams there, and we added a couple of really good teams at Baltimore and Dallas. So uh, here's the you like that picks for week 17 in the NFL. We're 43-33-4, and four, uh, so a nice 10-game over 500 uh, season so far. We went 4-1 and one last week. Here's five more winners for you. Tampa Bay minus 2.5 at home against New Orleans. Baltimore minus 3 at home against Miami. Dallas minus 5.5 at home against the Lions. Houston minus 3 also at home against Tennessee. And then Seattle minus 3 at home against Pittsburgh, going with five home teams uh, to get us into the new year with some wins. Uh, Joey, it's time for your Feels Great Babe, your wildest take you feel best about currently. And we started off the podcast talking about Joe Flacco, and here we go again. I feel pretty great about the Cleveland Browns making at least the AFC Championship game. I think them and Baltimore, in my opinion, are the two best teams in the AFC. I think if the Browns played uh, Kansas City, Miami, um, I would if Buffalo really did finish hot and win the division. I don't. Buffalo might be playing like up to their potential, but consistently the Browns on both sides of the ball have been really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah, a lot like the NFC with the uh, um, Rams. Um, I, I think yeah. I think it, I was thinking if I had to pick a Final Four right now, it would probably be. Baltimore, Cleveland, and uh, uh, the Niners and Rams. Which is crazy. I mean, obviously that'll be really tough to happen. Because... I have to look at like the, the, the like path to get there. Right, because it's very unlikely that Cleveland and the Rams would make it and play the one seed in, in the championship because they probably have to play the one seed in the second round. But even so, you're saying those are the teams right now based on their current form that you would want to pick for the Final Four. Because yeah, I, I think right. I would you're, swap I mean, you're out. right. Honestly, you're. I, the more I think about it, the only way the Rams would not play the Niners in the, again, this is so hard to say because it's assuming the Niners get the one seed, which mm-hmm. still like, you know, with a loss on Christmas, a long way away. I mean, I think they beat Washington, but if they have to beat the Rams, like, I don't know, like. I mean, um, here's the other thing, too. If they lose to the Rams and, say, Philly wins out or Detroit wins out, this is insane. But if they lose to the Rams and they fall to the 2C, they're almost certainly going to play the Rams uh, in, the, in the in the first round. So that would be a nightmare well, scenario. Because if they play I Seattle, the Rams they'll be get, favored. If, if the Niners played Seattle, they would hammer Seattle. Exactly. They'll be favored by double digits at least if they played – the Vikings, if they play the Packers, if they play the Saints, the Falcons. I mean, literally, honestly, I swear, like, as a Niner fan, I saw this, like, as a um, – someone did, like, the Niners blog. People did a – like, who would you least rather face? And, like, if I had an answer, I, I would I would not want to see the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the Niners end up getting the one seed. I just – I – I, as much as I think the Rams are good, I think the Rams probably equally would like to see anyone but the Niners. Just right. the way. They and the just... point of your take here was that Cleveland is the Rams of the AFC. You think Essentially, that basically whoever they play in both the first and the second round, they're going to be worried. Yeah, I mean. They uh, probably play the AFC South winner in the first one, so Jacksonville, Indy, or Houston. And then in the second one, they would probably play Baltimore unless there was another upset. Yeah, and I guess then you're they would right. Because if the Niners you know, get the one seed, 
then the Rams. Like if the Rams, just forget it, forget seeds wise. If the Rams played either Detroit or Philly, I would put my house on the Rams. Think about this. Underdogs. You think you think about this? Matthew Stafford going to Detroit in a playoff game, first home playoff game in thirty years. Oh my god. Oh, that would be devastating for Lions fans if that happened. And I feel terrible for him. I mean, we lost last week. It was devastating for the Vikings. But I also was like, hey, Detroit hasn't hosted a playoff game I love Dan Campbell, years. but Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay going to get up against Jared Goff playing the Rams, though, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. That's uh, that's that's kind of juicy. A little zesty. Yeah. It'd be a lot better than like Seattle being in that spot or the Vikings being. So, in but that my spot. point is, if the Niners do get the one seed, like for them to not play the Rams, like Seattle or Minnesota would have to upset like Philly, Philly. or Detroit. Yeah, that. Which, to be game. honest, <laughs> that's the dream scenario for me. Is we somehow win the next two weeks and then we play either Detroit or Philly and win that one, and then oh my God, we play the Niners. I mean, Seattle just round. did beat Philly. <laughs> right. You know, Buffalo should have beat Philly. You know, Dallas stomped Philly. Like, the Giants almost beat Philly. By the way, Washington almost beat Philly twice. Like, even in their wins, they're unconvincing. So, the point you're making here is this is I a think the, I think the, season, I think, right? I think the Vikings could get there still, but I just, if they played especially, I think the Vikings, the last team they'd want to play would be Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, out in the cold, I, I don't because, like, is it going to be Nick Mullins? Is it going to be jo- – like, I don't know. It's going to be Jaron Hall. Uh, uh, he's a rookie out of BYU. Well, yeah, I guess, if they, I, guess if they, I guess if they made it, that means he plays well the, yeah. next, two, the next two weeks. So, yeah, it would be him. Um, but your final four, you would have Cleveland right in now, right yeah. now. Well, the, That's amazing. See, that, I guess it's a power ranking because I, it, they probably wouldn't be in my final four is my point, I guess, based on the route. Mm-hmm. Because – more than likely, if the Niners get the one seed in the Rams, they'd play in the divisional round, and like, like I, I'd pick yeah. the Niners, but I would like it'd be a super tough ass game. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in the AFC, like Baltimore would have to play Cleveland probably in the divisional round. And if Flacco I'm Baltimore, and if I'm Baltimore, and if and if, I, and if <laughs> I'm Baltimore, like, congratulations, maybe Lamar potentially wins his second MVP, one seed, and it's like. Remember, like, in 2019, the big bad Titans came into Baltimore and just pushed them around? Yeah. They were and, and Baltimore and this year, especially, is a, t- is a tough-ass... Yeah, exactly. I think the last team they'd play want to play would be, like, division opponent. Those games are always weird. You play them three times. And you see your greatest ever I think when, I think when they beat Cleveland... <laughs> I think when they beat Cleveland, I think it was, like, P.J. Walker. Yeah. So... You don't think Joe Flacco's kept up at night? Like, doesn't even want to see his wife and kids at home because he's so focused on beating Baltimore in the playoffs? <laughs> I keep seeing these TikToks and these Instagram reels that are like memes, and it's like all these quarterbacks doing their handshake after the game, and they're like, hey, good game, but you got to be worried about him. And then the next one, they're like, you know, it shows like Dak and Kirk. Then the next one, it shows like Trevor and Mahomes, and then it shows whoever. And they're all like, hey, good game. But you got to be worried about him. And then when you finally get to the final slide, it just shows Flacco with a beard looking into the camera ominously. I'm like, he's back. He's elite. Like, I cannot believe this. And if he wins that first playoff game and then goes at Baltimore, that is going to be one of the great stories in the NFL in recent times. Like, a guy coming out of retirement, 38, you know, Super Bowl MVP quarterback, and then he plays against his former team in the playoffs. I think they said on the broadcast today he's he's 39 like tomorrow. He's yeah, like, and he's threw for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns tonight. They won 37-20. They're on freaking fire. There's Joey's Feels Great Baby. Cleveland makes the AFC Championship at least. Unbelievable. Um, let's close the pod. Um, I want to do some New Year's resolutions for our favorite teams uh, and, and, and even the sport itself if you want. Um, so I want to say, so for you, it's you know the Sharks and the Niners. For me, it's... The A's, the Vikings, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, my soccer team, and then the Sharks as well. Like, what do we want to see as a New Year's resolution for those teams? Um, I'll give you the floor for the Sharks, obviously, because you know way better than me. But if you could say, hey, I want Greer and, and you know, the ownership of, of the Sharks to just make a New Year's resolution, what would it be? Would I mean, it like, just how, be... how crazy is this? Like, anything? 
anything. I mean, we're we're setting the setting the goals high. I'm going to try to lose 30 pounds next year. Let's see what go pie in the sky. What would you want them to do if if you were in charge? Well, since you use pie in the sky and we're using corporate business terms that make me want to blow my head off. <laughs> let's go for some low-hanging fruit. Oh. And uh let's get the number 1 pick. Let's, let's get do the that. Needful. Yep. Let's do let's get the number one pick. Let's start with that. Um I I I'd like to have Joe's number retired. Just I think that's kind of simple. Like maybe like mm-hmm. one game, you know, have some juice. Uh as for the team, um sell absolutely everyone who makes any sort of money on the team at the deadline. Um bigger. Let's go pie in the sky. Um Hire somebody outside the organization who doesn't have any ties to Team Teal who can maybe give, like, an honest assessment of, like, where this roster is because mm-hmm. this country club uh, atmosphere, like, frat boy thing we're running here in San Jose where, like, every single person employer has anything to do with the team is, like, in the brotherhood. And mm-hmm. we all just like to pat each other on the back. Like, I think Mike Greer is a solid guy. I think he's done some decent things. I think he's done some not-so-decent things. Um, but I just, I, I, I never was fully on board with him just for the sole purpose of like, I was desperately wanted some guy who like had no ties to the sharks. Mm-hmm. Like I got, it just, I new I, coach know. on, on the list too. To be honest, the one positive thing I say, like this team, like I haven't watched like every game and like, let alone like every minute of the games I've watched, but I can say they play hard I, and I think they're playing better than their talent, which is saying something cause they're like nine twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's done a decent job. Do I think he's the answer? No, but I think I think he's done as about as good as you can do with this with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, more importantly, I think it's the top. I mean, if I really wanted, I, I'm hesitant to say like new ownership, like somebody who is more involved, more around the team, more like just somebody who probably is not afraid to hire people outside. But I just it's hard to tell somebody to stop owning a sports team like that. It's like, that's, um, yeah. So that'd probably be it. Okay. For me, for the A's, obviously the, at the top would be for Fisher to sell the team, but it seems like that's <laughs> not going to happen. Obviously number is one it... uh, is for John Fisher to <laughs> take a long walk off a shore bridge. Yes, that would be number one, uh, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I would say finalize this four year extension at the Coliseum. So Oakland fans can have, four more years and maybe we can see one more contending team um that vegas stadium is not going to open until 2029 as of right now it looks like the a's are are trying to find alternate sites within the bay area to play for those three years because their tv deal stipulates they have to be in the bay area or they make no money they void the contract and thus would lose like 150 million over those three years um a lot of rumors bouncing around that they're going to play possibly in Sacramento at Rayleigh Field, possibly at AT&T Park in San Francisco, which is like an absolute slap in the face to the people of Oakland. That um, is also know. maybe a logistical tire fire. Absolutely. How are you going to play, you know, whatever that ends up being, 162 home games? Between they have double headers, like Giants in the morning, A's at night. <laughs> yeah, so the whole reason that they're looking at those options is they have burned the bridge with Oakland to the absolute max. But my New Year's resolution for the A's would be find a way. If if you're going to leave, if you're going to be just the total assholes that you are, find a way to get four more years in Oakland. And then, yes, move to Vegas and adios. And leave the A's name in Oakland. Go be the Las Vegas Gamblers. Whatever you want to be. Rename the team. Move on. Give us four more years. That would be my New Year's resolution for the A's. And then for the Vikings, I'll do one quick one here. I think you got to surround Kevin O'Connell with whatever he needs. I think if we can keep Flores around, uh, I think he's done an unbelievable job in the face of adversity this season. Um, I think we have basically all the tools in terms of coaching and like young talent to be able to win a Super Bowl. We just need to improve, I guess, drafting skill position guys like running backs. Uh, tight ends because we haven't hit on those we've had to trade for guys and lost draft capital to get guys like Hawkinson Um, we traded for Cam Akers Um, 
my I guess my New Year's resolution for the Vikings would be hit on draft picks and surround Kevin O'Connell with what he needs because I think he's the guy. We've seen this year. Um, he can coach an offense up. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He motivates the team. The team loves to play for that guy. He made the absolute best hire he could have possibly made for the defensive coordinator complement his offense. Um, I believe in Kevin O'Connell. I believe in Brian Flores. I believe this team can win the Super Bowl in the next few years if we play the quarterback decision right and if we hit on some draft picks, especially at you know running back and um, pass rusher and whatnot. So I would say hit on those draft picks and surround O'Connell with what he wants. Um, and then do you have any for the Niners as a parting shot? Here's a good one. Win the Super Bowl. I That'd love be it. Nice. That would be big, nice. Big picture um... – like kind of what you're saying, I think I think they really like, you know, I think Steve Wilkes is a little rocky start there to begin with, but I think he's done a pretty good job with the adjustments with the defense at, since the bye, um, especially on the back, the back secondary. Um, but yeah, we need to invest in the offensive line. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, Trent Williams, like who knows if he how long he keeps playing, if at all. And then I mean, shoot. I mean, Aaron Banks is now hurt. He's pretty – he's, like, really – he's solid offensive lineman. Not, like, probably won't ever make a Pro Bowl, but he's, like, he's good. Um, the center and to the to the right tackle will just get abused um, when they play good teams, good good defenses. Like, they're solid. They can hit – they could, you know, they run – the blocking schemes Kyle likes to run, you know, pretty solid against decent to, or average to below average defenses. But, like, when we – Baltimore – um, I think Nicole McKivitz played like two or three positions on the offensive line on Christmas Day and gave up nine pressures. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say invest invest heavily in the draft in the offensive line. Don't do it in free agency. We got no money. Yeah. But, um, but number yeah. one, just win. Baby. Just, just yeah, just, just win the Super Bowl. I don't care you, if you do that. I won't care about anything else. Draft a punter <laughs> you... in the first round for all I care. <laughs> hey, we have a first round pick again. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Use it on a kicker and cut Jake Moody. Who gives a shit? If you win the Super Bowl, you don't give draft a good a, goddamn. Draft a mascot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just win, baby. So that's Joey's resolution for the Niners. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening again throughout 2023. This is our last episode of the year. Uh, we'll be back after week 17, after the new year. Um, we're going to come to you on, I believe it's Monday uh, which is New Year's Day. Um, all the NFL games are either on Saturday or Sunday. There is no Monday night the rest of the year, so um, we'll be on after uh, the conclusion of the Vikings-Packers Sunday night tilt, uh, and we'll have that for you dropping on Monday. Thanks, everybody who listens and comments and watches our videos on uh, TikTok and YouTube and whatnot. Always appreciate you guys. If you want to send in any questions or anything to us, uh, please do so. We'd love to incorporate that into the pod um, everybody who's, who's, you know, gotten us podcast related stuff for Christmas presents and all that. We're thankful to everybody, uh, who listens and who supports us as we continue to record these episodes and send them out to our maybe dozens of fans. Now it's not, it's no longer like seven. We're like in the dozens. So, uh, we're really proud of it. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back again in the new year. Happy 2024, uh, from the, you like that feels great baby podcast. I'm <laughs> sorry.